Are you one of millions of people throughout the world who are affected by addiction? It's a disease that touches individuals and everybody in their lives. Welcome to Shattering the Stigma with Mama Dukes and Son Frankie. This is a whole person and whole family issue and needs to be tackled together in order to successfully beat this. Now, here's Mama Dukes and Frankie. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Shattering the Stigma. It's Frankie and Mama Dukes. Hi, everybody. And we are the Fuck Heroin Foundation. And um, we're glad to, glad to be back here with you guys this week. Uh, you know, coming into this week, we're just getting back in from Ohio, actually. From a nice little snowstorm. Yeah, we were caught up in, uh, about eight, we got about eight inches in a day. I don't know, I liked it. I haven't seen it in a long time. But um, other than that, you know, we were up there for a, a really uh, important event for our hometown. Uh, Mom, why don't, you, why don't you elaborate on that event a little bit for us? So we had uh, Kelly Mangold on as a guest, um, I think it was two weeks ago. And she had lost her son on October 19th uh, due to an overdose, as well as uh, him being transported around for 40 minutes by friends that were afraid and didn't know what to do with him. So we had a a big uh, rally that we did up there on the amnesty law, which for those of you that don't know what that, the Good Samaritan law is, is if someone is overdosing, and you call 911, you will not get in trouble. Do not leave someone there. If nothing else, call 911 and leave, but don't touch anything. Leave everything as is. As well as Casey's Act, which is a way to uh, deem your loved one incompetent of making decisions for themselves in a way that the court kind of steps in and um, sentences them to treatment. Um, it was it was. A really good event. We, ten-year-old uh, Morgan, I, I can't say enough about the young lady who lost her brother. What a brave little soul! Yeah, that was that was really cool. Man. There wasn't she, a dry eye in that, there. That little girl's got a, a big heart and a big voice and a, a lot of passion to uh, go out and speak and make something uh, really bad, um, potentially really good for other families. Yeah, as well as, you know, I wish all young children at that age could have the education and know what addiction is, so... Well, that's what I think is really cool is that, uh, you know, Kelly, the way that Kelly's really open in front of uh, Morgan and talks about everything and she doesn't hide it and, you know, lets her know and she's seen it firsthand. I think that's really cool. And, uh, you know, Morgan goes to her school and uh, tries to educate the kids. And that that's really cool, man. I mean, you know, they're going to learn more from somebody their age. And she seems like a leader to me already. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, you can find us on Fuck Heroin Foundation on Facebook. And uh, our number is 419-971-KICK. We're always, always available to give support direction, whatever we can do to help you and your loved one. Sometimes it's a matter of just needing someone to reach out to and, uh, you know, we'll get parents that send pictures and say, I found this in my son or daughter's room. What is this? You know, so whatever we can do to help, please pick up that phone and call. Like us on Fuck Heroin Foundation. Feel free to send us a message through Messenger if you're more comfortable doing it that way than talking. But again, whatever we can do, 
And uh, the cool thing is too, if you call us, you know, um, you know, just because we're in Florida, um, we go everywhere. Um, my mom actually will uh, come in uh, if necessarily needed. Um, do an intervention at no cost. Why don't you uh, let them know how that works, mom? In case anybody out there's trying to help somebody over the holidays. You know, I think it's wrong. A lot of interventionists uh, charge two thousand, three thousand, upwards of five thousand. If you live somewhere out of state, I'm more than happy if you help with the plane ticket and somewhere for me to stay that night. Come and do an intervention on your loved one and help you get the treatment that they deserve. So we have on as guest today, Allison, young lady out of New York, who sent a video to us for inspiration for others. And, and it, it was just so incredible that we reached out to her and asked her to be a guest today, as well as the famous Michael Stankiewicz. Um, Mike is my hero in a lot of ways. So um, let's bring Mike on. Hello, Mike. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, yeah. what's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Hey, Frankie, Alicia, how's everybody <clears throat> doing? We're good. Did you just hear me? I was saying I you're did, kind of I my did. hero. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just, hey, I want to thank you guys and, you know, the radio station for having me on. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. Well, you know, Mike has, has been a, a huge impact in, in the foundation and us. We, uh... He's the type of friend that no matter what I have to go to him for and ask, I can bank a hundred and million thousand percent that the advice he's given me is solid and real. Amen. Yeah, man. Yeah, we've known Mike a long time. Uh, Mike does a lot here in South Florida, really all over, uh, including even uh, as far as Texas uh, for the recovery community, man. Um, what are you uh, What are you working on these days, Mike? So right now, um, <clears throat> I'm more focused on helping, uh, you know, one of my friends, Mike, he's also named Mike, of getting one of the programs of the, it's more of a medically assisted program up and going, and this is more for the, the people who are struggling to get clean through abstinence programs and can't really find the way, because as you guys know, and, and from the numbers that are coming in, you know, it's not a few years ago where, where so many people were, you know, you had that second and third chance, you know, in case you slipped up and, and you could go back to treatment, you know, nowadays a lot of these people are not getting their second and third and fourth and fifth chances to get clean. You know, they, yeah, they end yeah. up dead. So um, for, for more of a habitual offender or somebody who's really long-term opiate user, we're trying to have this new program. It's more of a medically assisted program. Um, that that's you know it's it's around a I'd say three to six months you know and con a true continuum of care and uh, you know just getting them acclimated and back into society. We're we're focusing heavy on case management. We have um, two teachers that we actually brought in who are very very familiar with. Uh, they they also have worked in the substance abuse field. So some of the things that they pick up on with. Uh, life skills, like we have actually like tests, you know, aptitude tests and life skills tests and many different tests that kind of not only judge where they are, the, the clients and residents, but
but it's on paper too. So, and, and they, it's a good little strategy and a good little format for these guys to actually go down. They, they do a bunch of questions, go on the computer, fill out all the things that it asks for, and it gives you the results back. And uh, so far, it's really, really on point, and it gives another way for the, for the clients to take a look at themselves from a different angle of where they are in life and where they want to be and parts where they may be slacking that they never knew. You know, um, I know the three of us, you know, going back three and a half years or so, all had the same mentality. It's abstinence, abstinence or nothing. And, you know, with the way everything has changed so much and uh, Frankie the other day said, you know, we're not even doing drugs anymore. People are doing the alphabet with all these new names of things coming out and synthetics. It's it's totally different. And I know, you know, we've all had to change how we feel and think about the medical assisted continuum of care. And, you know, a big key point, I think, is the missing is the life skills and things that, you know, let's face it, you're living on the streets a lot of times. And homeless and who cares about those things at that time and you forget or maybe never knew how to do them and it seems like it'd be another way to set them up uh, for success about feeling good about themselves is that what you're seeing yeah absolutely and a lot of times you know people that come in you know remember a lot of them lived in their parents house their parents basement things like that they didn't make their bed they didn't do the dishes and instead of saying hey who doesn't know how to do how to do a bed. I mean, we literally grab the bed and we do it. We, we fold it and we show them how to do it. The dishwasher, how to load it up, how to do a proper, like without doing your, when it comes down to doing your laundry, what's the proper amount of clothes you're supposed to put in there? You're not, you know, you're not sitting there doing, uh, put forcing it in there and throwing a couple pods of stuff in. So, all these That's not how you do it. That's how I do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, I did Can I send him to your class? <laughs> <laughs> I think he fakes it up. so someone does it for him. But no, yeah, I think that's absolutely amazing, some of the things that you guys are doing there. Um, you know, if, if someone would want to reach out and is interested, how would they contact um, we we have the website. It's um, www.atlanticoasttherapy.com, um, commonly called App Now. So you can find that it's uh, located in Boynton Beach right now, and uh, currently um, we are going to be moving out west a little bit more to a bigger location to, you know, not be so crowded and have much be able to grow, be able to grow there. So it's exciting. And, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for what the next year brings because, you know, I think it's, it's helped so far. It's helping a lot of people. And just on the amount of people that we've come in that have actually stayed and completed, that's another big thing that this. You uh, know, one of the things that happens down here a lot in South Florida is people, you know, they come down here and they get caught in that vicious cycle. Um, you know, we've all seen it. It's something that, you know, you and I talk about, you know, my mom and you, we all talk about frequently, man. Um, people come down and, you know, whether it's, uh, they become, uh, like a victim to uh, a shady facility that just wants to keep recycling them or whatever it is, bad marketer, whatever, you know, whatever the situation may be, man, um, this medical assisted program, um, even for people that so much, you know, come down here and have 12 steps shoved down their throat and it might not be the thing for them. Um, you know, it works for me, but it, not, it might not work for you. Um, we're getting ready to go into a break, but uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more when we come back from break. All right, Mike? Yeah, 100%. 
making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's busy, stressed, and food-obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are on Shattering the Stigma. I've got Frankie here. Hey, guys. Welcome back. And our guest is Mike Stankowitz. Hey, Mike. Hi. All right. So before we went to break, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was getting ready to go into, um, you know, um, you know how something that, uh, you know, we've known each other a long time, and one thing that uh, drives us all crazy, um, and we all often talk about is um, how a lot of kids get uh, kind of like caught up in the in the pipe dream of coming down here, thinking they're going to this like resort, and they get down here, and you know, it's like a fucking flop house. And uh, they get thrown in a revolving door until their insurance is uh, maxed out and thrown on the streets. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that does happen uh, some places down here. Um, And a lot of times these kids will go from place to place to place. So um, what you're offering, um, I think, might be a really good uh, situation for somebody that's been in that cycle and also... um, Somebody that maybe, you know, the 12 steps doesn't work for, but they want to get their uh, life back on track and want to learn, you know, get the life skills like my mom was talking about earlier, you know. Plus yeah. having longer, longer in, you know, in treatment, let alone that that's huge, you know, because sometimes 30 days isn't enough, 60 days isn't enough. Um, you know, it's beautiful to be able to see that they that there's some people that can stay up to possibly six months. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to tap on that part was actually, I mean, the program can go as long as these people actually need to. Now, I was speaking about that that time frame, 
of the medically assisted part because the whole goal here, obviously, is abstinence. So mm-hmm. when it comes to that part, we want them to be abstinence. And, you know, I'd love for, in a perfect world, everybody to be off of all medication and nobody has to take anything and live a... That's just not how the real world works. And we have to be able to adapt to people to help save their lives. So the idea is to keep it on a short frame, not long term, you know, and to get them grounded, stabilized, working, you know, getting a good pattern, because a lot of this is patterns of behavior. That's exactly what this is. Um, so as long as we can get them in the groove and, and, and into those patterns of doing day-to-day operations, you know, and you slowly get them off the medication without having to be too much of a physical withdrawal, because if you've ever had opiate withdrawals or any of those things, they're not fun. And the only thing you can think about is how do you get this pain away? How do you get this pain away? And that's the only thing you're going to think of. So, well, let me let me ask you a question, Mike. Because the name of the show is Shattering the Stigma, um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of especially, you know, like um, you know, twelve step halls, um, a lot of old timers in the program, stuff like that. You know, um, they might really look down on this because you know, look and look at it as a crutch or a band aid or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And at one point in my life, I would have looked at it the same way, um, you know, um, and. As an addict, I've been judged for uh, being on uh, Suboxone at one time uh, in a meeting, and it made me feel very unwelcome. And, uh, you know, uh, addicts already have a lot of shame and guilt, man. And, um, how do, you know, how do you feel about the, you know, the shame and uh, stigma attached to not just medically assisted treatment, but the, uh, you know, opiate addicts as well and the overdoses and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, first off, the... Um the record shattering numbers of, of people dying is just, it's, 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 people say, oh, this is an epidemic. It is not an epidemic anymore. It's a plague. That's exactly yeah. what this, this is a plague. Okay. And the sad thing, uh, it's going to keep getting worse. Exactly. And, I, and I'm coming from a, from a background where I was on Suboxone. I was on methadone for 10 years. Okay. So if there's some person that's lived it and learned from it, yeah, you know, is it a crutch, a bandaid? Sure. Call it what you want. But you know what? At the end of the day, if they end up being sober and sober for the rest of their lives, isn't that the goal here? You know, yeah. and, and some people are going to look down upon it, you know, and there's going to be family members who hate you for the rest of your life are always going to attach you to it. And this, that, those are the things that, you know what, we need to help and teach how to almost combat that and be mentally prepared because, you know, in, in people's eyes, once an addict, always an addict. It's like when you send someone down for treatment and they go away for six months and they leave their parents house or their family's house, whatever it is, usually they leave like a hurricane. I mean, things are, spoons are missing, money's missing, and then all of a sudden they come home for a visit on a holiday, birthday, whatever it is, it might be eight months later, and mom and dad have not been having them around in the house for so long that they accidentally leave a $10 bill out on the table, and then mom and dad wake up, and that $10 bill's still there because the patterns of behavior and the, the addictive behavior is no longer there with the with the with their son or daughter or loved one, whoever it may be, now the parents are like, oh, my God, what's going on? This They don't feel right, you know, because they're so used. Remember, they don't get to see the transformation and the change that's going on in this six months. They don't see it day to day like we do. You know, so when they get, when somebody comes back returning home, it's like they're uncomfortable. The parents, trust me, they want them to be sober. They want them to live a productive life. It's just they got to get used to it just as much as somebody else has to get used to being clean and sober and not doing the dirty things. 
So you have to be able to adapt in all the, you know, you're gonna, it's going to come from the families, your, your girlfriends, your husbands, your wives. They're going to because, listen, addiction usually doesn't last a week long. I mean, this is, most of the time this has been like this for years and years. That's something that just doesn't get fixed in 30 days. It doesn't. No, sense, it sure doesn't. You know, it's it's a family disease, and 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 you kind of hit on it. It's, you know, coming or speaking of a parent of an of an addict, you you do you get almost programmed to where things that would be normal to no one else is normal to you, just kind of like it is to the addict, just because you're around it so long. And so when they do come back and they're different, it's almost like you don't know how to how to deal with that because. You might not be needed as much, or you are afraid to put that guard down, and and it's it's a crazy feeling for someone that's never experienced to watch that growth, and to yeah. be able to like that sigh of relief, like wow, I think they got it, you know, or 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 not. But then also, you know, on the opposite side, a lot of times they come home, and you've got the ones that still hold the grudge, and and this and. You know, so I wanted to hit a little bit on that. When when you do go home, not everybody is going to be as forgiving and accept that you've changed and what you've done. And, you know, that's where a lot of the stigma comes to where, you know, they get home and you've got the, the brother or sister who just doesn't want to get over it, calling you a junkie and, you know, I don't want you sleeping near my room or or whatever well, I think, it may be. I think the best, the best uh, thing for that is just going into those situations. You know, if maybe you're going home for the first time for the holidays, and you might have that, you know, that that uh, that aunt or that uncle or brother, or sister, whoever that, that, you know, still frowns on. You know, you got to look at the fact that, you know, you might be clean 30, 60, 90 days, whatever, even up to a year or two, and uh, be doing great in life and really want to, you know, really trying to make amends to them, but you might have spent 10 or 15 years breaking their trust and fucking things up. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, um, one of the one of the biggest things I can say about that is really not going back home with expectations that, you know, everything's going to be great just because you're doing better. Because, um, you know, they say with expectations, you let yourself down every time. So I just think, you know, not having expectations going into that. Um, what about you guys? You know, I think it, it took a long time, like you said, to make those wounds. And, you know, if you know someone's got an issue with you, just by them seeing the things that you're doing, it's not, you might not even have to speak on it, you know. Um, but they're going to start observing that there's differences and changes. And they may be afraid to put their guard down right away because they need a little more time to see what you're doing. But I would say don't have your feelings hurt. Don't, like he said, expect, overly expect that everyone's going to be on board right away. They, you've got to earn that trust back a little. What do you think, it, it, Mike? Absolutely. One thing, one suggestion that I could always make, and please take this one, uh, it is coming from experience, is if you are going home for the holidays and you're going home to see your families, do not make it a long trip. Okay, because yeah. one thing I will promise you is it is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to experience some anxiety, you know, at, at, so far from every person that I've talked to. Now, you could be the rule to the exception, 
but expect it. And it's just going to be uncomfortable, you know, because it really is. Even just going to the store, the, the local store to get coffee. You're gonna I mean, for me, the first out. couple of times, I almost had to have like an itinerary. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I had like a meeting that I was going to. I had people that I knew I wanted to see that were doing the right thing in and out. And, yeah, that's that's a really good point, though. Yeah, because, you know, you're only, a, you know, I don't know how far they're this particular person may be traveling, but you know it's not it's not that far. And the longest it could be is what six hours plane ride. But again, it's just getting getting up there, seeing what it is, and then when you then when you get out of the environment, you get back to your normal day to day living wherever you may be in the country. You'll you'll be able to you know what the next time you'll have an idea of what you're going to be expecting. You know, so yeah. you'll be able to prepare a little better. Here's a question I have for both of you. Um, you know, would it be wrong when you got back home to send a letter or a card to that person that still has that grudge that you felt and just, you know, say it was really great seeing you, you know, I hope you've seen the changes in me. I know it's going to take time. What, what would you think about that? I mean, for me, I think it depends where that person's at with their own recovery. Um, they might still be at a sensitive, you know, again, it goes back to having expectations and they might be at you know, a sensitive spot in their own life. You know what I mean? Um, the good thing is, you know, whether you're in a 12-step program, smart recovery, um, church, who, where, whatever it is that uh, is keeping you sober, um, you have therapists, you have friends, you have support that you can talk to about it and see if it's a good idea. But um, normally that's something I would do um, in most situations because... It's always good to take, you know, baby steps into a situation like that. Uh, what do you think of that, Mike, though? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great idea. Both, I mean, there's so many ways to look at it. Definitely talking to a therapist, sponsor, somebody along those lines who might have a better insight on it. You know, the one thing that I would like to add to that is, you know, putting something on paper and sending it to them always isn't a bad idea, too, because it allows you to express your feelings and you know, let them take it in and see it without it ever turning into a combative argument because you do it face-to-face, it could turn into a screaming match. And it's one of those things where you can almost pull that away to where it's like, hey, I, I let them know how I feel. You know, hopefully it hits a little seed inside their head and we can talk further about this, you know, but it, at least it'll it'll bring the combative argument that could potentially happen. It may Absolutely. or may not, but I would not, I would not risk it. You know, surprising. absolutely. You don't want one of those holidays where there's turkey and ham and shit flying all over the place. <laughs> no, man. Well, I know last week you, you kind of hit on this a little bit, Frankie, and said, you know, stay where you are in your steps. Don't go home and be trying to make amends if that's not where you are in your steps. You know, there's a reason for different things, and you can't make all your amends right at once until you're, you're through a process and ready. Um, we're getting ready to go on break now. When we come back, we've got Mike still with us, and we'll have a young lady, Allison, from New York joining us. So stay with us. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. 
Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-H-A-1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Hey guys, welcome back to Shattering the Stigma uh, with Fuck Heroin Foundation. I'm Frankie. We got Mama Dukes. Hi, everybody. Uh, we have Allison from New York on the line. Hey. And we also have uh, Mike here in Florida. What's going on, guys? Hey, thanks for having us. Hey. Yep, thank you for having me. So It's, it's an honor. Allison sent a video to us. Um, well, she, you know, made a video and... It was so inspirational that we reached out to her and wanted to have her on the show Um, just because, you know, especially during the holiday times, a lot of times people are feeling down, they're feeling alone, Um, and and that video just hit on so, so many things. So, Ellison, why don't you um, tell them a little bit about yourself and how you got where you are now uh, from where you were and why you made the video and, and things like that. Okay. Um, well, my name is Allison McKinney. I'm 28 years old. I am originally from a small town um, outside of Cooperstown, New York. Um, it's very small. Um, I graduated in class like 30 people, so it's very small. Everybody knows everybody's wow. business. Um, I grew up in a domestic violence home um, and a dysfunctional family dynamic. I'm an adult child and an alcoholic. Um, you know, so my house was pretty rough growing up. There was a lot of fights and chaos going on. So to me, that was just normal. You know, um, I didn't really think anything was wrong with it. I was taught at an early age, you don't tell your business, you don't express your feelings, you do what you're told, things like that. You know, family business is family business. Um, and the thing that was really devastating to me in my life was uh, my father died um, when I was 10 years old in a snowmobile accident down the street from my house. Um, he was coming home from the bar. So it was definitely an alcohol-induced um, accident, um, and that kind of just tore our family apart. And um, I felt empty my entire life and just lonely and, and shattered and broken. 
and uh, I was very mad at the world, and it caused me to have a lot of behavioral issues. Um, I was able to, you know, get involved with certain things at school, but yet I still felt like an outcast. Um, cheerleading and probably culinary got me through high school and stuff like that, but I was still using drugs all throughout high school. Um, in my town, there was one pharmacy, and I guess what kind of got me started and everybody else in my town started was uh, my best friend's parents, actually, they robbed the one pharmacy in town, so there was like an influx of um, pharmaceuticals in the town, and if you ask me, that'd probably be uh, a huge result as to why there's such a, a problem um, for that specific area. Um, so I was doing that all throughout high school, and, you know, that I started drinking. I got involved in 12-step for a little bit, Um you know, I was going to a lot of shows. Uh, my life was pretty much sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, that's how it was. Um, and then I met my daughter's father, and I got pregnant. I was clean for a little bit. Just that time that I was pregnant, it was dry drunk status. I wasn't going to meetings or anything like that. And then, um, you know, things got tough because he was still actively using, and it was very difficult to have those things around me and to not <clears> use and stuff like that. So after I gave birth to my daughter, it was kind of just off to the races. And, uh, you know, I get introduced to the needle, and from there it was a wrap because opiates is my first and foremost love of my life when it comes to drugs. And um, it brought me to a lot of very dark places. Um, I ended up getting kicked out of my parents' house. Uh, I stole every piece of jewelry that my mother had. Um, I stole her $10,000 platinum diamond wedding ring, and that's what she got me arrested for. And um, honestly, like, if my mother didn't have the strength to, you know, have me arrested. I mean, I know it's probably one of the hardest decisions that she's ever had to make in her life. And I don't feel any anger towards her for that because it honestly saved my life. Because if I was going the way that I was going, like, I would not be here today. And that's an absolute fact. So for her so, to be able to do that, I just have so much love and respect for her. That's awesome. You know, and, and as a parent, it is hard. It's hard to make those decisions, but you have to look at it as you're saving their life ultimately, or at least that's what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I'm so glad your mom did that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, regardless, even if she hadn't done that, I got arrested a week after that, and I got caught with um, two bundles of heroin, $40 worth of crack, three crack pipes, 18 hypodermic needles, Suboxone. I almost got charged with a DWI, um, but I, I didn't do the breathalyzer. But regardless, um, I was getting incarcerated for those charges anyways. So um, uh, with all that happening, uh, it was able, because it was all in the same county, it got pushed into county court, and I was offered um, the Saratoga County Drug Treatment Court. And it's honestly probably been the one of the biggest helps of my life because it actually got me into treatment. Um, you know, um, and I know, like, there's a lot of people out on the streets that, like, they, they just don't know. Like, they've never been to treatment. They're scared. You know, there's like a fear of walking through those rehab doors for the first time. And, you know, like just that thought, you know, to get into detox is probably extremely helpful because you can get medically detoxed, which is a little bit easier. But for me, it took me to, I had to kick dope in jail three times in 12 months for me to get, like, really get the point that, like, you know, I'm going to kill myself. Um, and even towards the end, like, I, I think that every um, heroin addict really, you know, has, like, I know for me, like, my revelation is, like, you know, well, this is what my life is. Like, I'm just a dirty junkie, and I'm just going to die this way, and I hope I die, you know, because it was just the same shit spinning that wheel over and over and over again. 
Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that, that keep us sick is our is our uh, the way we portray ourselves, and also yeah. you know the way that we feel like society portrays us, um, yeah. especially you know especially with a lot of the stigma today. Um, you know, people saying that they should let overdose victims die. There shouldn't that be they're making pain. that change. You know, they're making those choices and stuff like you. So yeah, right. absolutely, man. Yeah. So um, you've got a- you've got some clean time now, though. Yes, actually, tomorrow I will have 11 months with no maintenance, no Suboxone, no nothing, just just straight abstinent-based program. But um, I'm a member of the 12-step community. I go to treatment. Um, I currently live in a residential halfway house. Um, all of those things, like, they're hard to do, but they are the things that are saving my life today. That's awesome. We are so happy that, you know, you've got 11 months now, and, I just yes. wish uh, that there were more and more courts. A lot of them are offering things like that or starting to have drug court. I think that, you know, our jails and prisons are filled with people that are addicts that have no business being in prison or jail. They need help. Yes. And to continue to lock them up, you know, uh, there's a lot of good judges and a lot of courts out there that are starting to see, you know, locking them up isn't solving anything at all. They get out, right. they're going to do it again because they've not learned anything different. Well, you know, it goes Absolutely. back to, to what I said earlier. Um, people are out there, you know, people aren't even shooting heroin anymore. They're out there shooting the fucking alphabet. You know what I mean? There's yep, yep. U4770, uh, car fatinol, fatinol, W W18, M18, you know, okay. fucking... You know, to me, that sounds like some shit that you would use to grease a door with. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and that's and that's what dope's being caught with these these days, man. So, it's 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 just scary out there, man. And you know, they used to say, you know, jails, institutions, and death. You know, and you know, jail's a big part of your story, Allison, like it is yeah. mine. Um, yeah. But you know, uh, the institutions and jails is almost getting to a point now where it's obsolete for addicts. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like. We're, we're lucky if we make it to jails or institutions anymore. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And I carry an Arcan kit on me everywhere I go, even though I'm not, like, in that specific lifestyle. Like, I still see it everywhere it's every day. And now that I'm clean and sober, it's so much more in my face because I can actually, like, have good see visual observations and see it. <laughs> what um, <laughs> what scary. inspiration will you offer to others that are scared, that, that want help, but they're scared? Especially for the holidays, because a lot of people want to wait. You know what I mean? Let me yeah. wait till after Christmas. Uh, what what can you offer? Um, what kind of hope can you uh, what can you offer inspiration for the holidays and right now for recovery? I would just say um, I would just say that um, even no matter how horrible you feel about yourself, no matter how helpless or hopeless that you are, that there are people, um, whether it's your family or friends, like they do they do love and care about you and they do want to see you survive and they do want to see you live and they want you, they want to see you take back your life. And, and it's so very possible. Um, I, for the longest time was just so hopeless. And quite frankly, if I didn't have, you know, people around me encouraging me to take the drug court program rather than doing a prison bid and things like that, you know, um, I, I definitely wouldn't made it here. And, um, I, I don't think that, you know, people do it to, I know a lot of times our families and stuff, they say hurtful words and stuff like that, but it's just because I think that they can't, they don't know how to help us. But there are people out there that are willing to, to lend out their hand and, 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 you know, they are compassionate. Um, and, you know, we just need to, you know, we need to not live in silence anymore because living in silence is only killing us. And in my experience, I think that, you know, the drug addicts and alcoholics in this world, 
they are the dreamers of this world. Like, they are the future of this world. They are so beautiful, resourceful, talented. Uh, they're amazing artists. Like, it, it's just, it, it, it blows my mind how beautiful these people are deep down in their hearts and souls. And when, you know, you're dealing with something like heroin that just grips your soul so, so, so deeply and, and you can't escape it, you know, like, you have to reach out and get help because... You can't do it alone, and there are people that are more than happy to just help somebody and see them succeed. And, um, you know, we have to fight this ourselves, and, and, and I refuse to stay silent anymore. If I stay silent, it's going to fucking kill me. And I'm sorry if I can't swear. I'm sorry about that. No, no it's okay. Absolutely we're, can. we're fuck heroin. You can swear as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we need you to say that for us before we leave. Fuck heroin. <laughs> there you go. Right we want to thank you so, 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 so much. You, you're I such want- an inspiration, and keep doing those videos. Send them to us anytime you do, and awesome. have yourself a really good Christmas. Thank and you let so us much. know Merry how things Christmas are going, Allison. Well. Yeah, keep us posted. Thank you, Allison. Absolutely. Much light and love. Take care, guys. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. All right, guys, we're, we're getting ready to go to break here in a couple minutes. Um, before we do that, we still have Mike on the line. We're going to bring him back on with us. But um, I just wanted to say, you know, for the holidays, um, a really great gift, a.k.a. stocking stuffer, would be a fuck heroin t-shirt mm-hmm. or tank top or uh, wristband, snapback hats. Um, you can get those hoodie. on our on a hoodie, man. It is Hat cold pin. up there up north. <laughs> Hat. Hat pins. Um, you know, spread a bold message with what you wear, especially uh, if it's for you or a loved one or a uh, memory of somebody. www.cleanmotivesllc.com is where you can find the merchandise. Clean Motives, C-L-E-A-N Motives. Um, All right, but anyways, we're getting ready to go to break, and uh, we'll be back on the air with uh, Mike and Mama Dukes and I, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in to Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin to better understand the why on how you feel and find the right therapies, treatments, and programs to bring healing to the mind, body, and spirit. You can live a better life at any age. It's not just a temporary fix. Rather, it's a permanent, healthy lifestyle. Happy and Healthy Living with Darlene Godwin is broadcast live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You 
are tuned into Shattering the Stigma with Frankie and Mama Dukes. Reach out to us on the show today at 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also drop us a line at Leisha1120 at gmail.com. That's L E S H A 1120 at gmail.com. Now, back to Shattering the Stigma. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. This is Mama Dukes. Got hey. Frankie here. What's up, guys? Welcome and back. We have Mike Stankowitz with us as our guest today. Hello, everybody. So, um, on uh, prior to Ellison being on, we were talking a little bit about some different things. But one thing we didn't hit on is a little bit about you, Mike, and how you got where you are. Uh, before we do that, uh, Frankie, let them know what we've got going on December 18th. Yeah, just real quick, uh, this this uh, this coming uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday, yeah, sorry, Sunday, December 18th at uh, Connected Life Church in Boca, um, we're going to be having an event with uh, Recovering Artists Worldwide. Uh, we've had them on the show, uh, Bavel and Joe Nestor, and um, it's uh, Boca Vapes is throwing it as well as us and uh, Chapters Recovery. Uh, it's a free dinner, and um, we're going to have performances with Recovering Artists Worldwide. I'll be speaking. My mom will be speaking. Um, if you can, bring, uh, you know, like a dry food. Um, hygiene products. Hygiene products, uh, $5 gift cards for uh, for fast food and stuff like that, because we're going to be doing a blessing bag giveaway. And uh, I believe we're also going to be giving some uh, scholarships away. And we'll be also filming there for our uh, for our reality show that we're doing. So yeah, that's going to be going on, and it's from three thirty to five. It's from uh, two thirty to eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, hope to see you guys out there again. That's uh, Connected Life Church, and it's twenty five hundred Northwest Fifth Avenue, Boca Raton. So Mike, why don't you give us a little insight as to what your life was when you were using? And how you've got to where you are now. Okay, so I grew up in central New Jersey. And I have five brothers and sisters. My parents are still together. Uh, we come from a very loving family. Uh, they're, just, they're just the best. They're the greatest. Nobody in my family had ever suffered from addiction. It was really just me. Um, you know, I, I was heavily into sports. I played soccer and baseball. Um, come from a very, very athletic background. A couple of my cousins and, and uncles are professional athletes. So I was, you know, I was soccer and baseball, you know, all day, every day. And then, you know, going into middle of high school, I started dabbling in with the marijuana, which quickly escalated into heroin. And all the athletics became second priority. It was drugs first. And I'm, I'm, Super grateful for even being able to graduate uh, high school. That was that was that was a big accomplishment um, in that time, you know. And my life turned really quick, really bad, really fast. So going in through, you know, my my later teens and early twenties, you know, it was heroin all day, drinking alcohol constantly. That was just my thing. I went was on the methadone maintenance for uh, a really long time, and. And I got to experience that of waiting online at 5 o'clock in the morning in the middle of a snowstorm. Sometimes I'd have to drive there the night before because the methadone clinic was open. Even though it was a state of emergency, the methadone clinic was open. So sleeping there overnight, not uncommon, especially during the winters. 
Um, you know, I'm, my family pretty much uh, said, you know, you really you need you need help, and I knew I needed help. I was I was averaging maybe maybe an hour a night at sleep because with the alcohol and all the drugs I was doing, I was either getting bad anxiety attacks. I couldn't lay down like sleeping. I had to sleep against the wall sitting up because that was if I uh, laid down, my body went through these. It was just bad. It was really really horrible. And I knew I needed treatment. I knew I needed treatment. I was afraid to go to the hospital. If I went to the hospital, I knew they were going to admit me. And I just, I just, it was a very, very scary moment. My parents handed me a brochure and said, you know, these guys are waiting for you. Call them when you're ready. It took me about three days. I made the call. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane down to Florida, went to a, a facility where I met really, really wonderful people, and they helped change they, they started to ingrain some thoughts that I, uh, disempowering beliefs and my identity crisis that I was in, and they brought me back on track. You know, I did relapse shortly after leaving that program, which was, you know, it's, it, it happens, and it's not something to be ashamed about. It's what happens when you, when you, how do you bounce back from it? So, right, learn from one, it and one, move back. Exactly. One of, the, one of the guys that I knew down here, um, you know, I, I flew, I ended up flying out to Pittsburgh and I went to a sober living up there and, you know, it was more of like, I want to get back home. So I figured if I went to a sober living closer to home, it was easier for me to get back. That kind of backfired because that went back to using again. So I said, you know what, this guy was a big inspiration in my life. Let me go down. I got to find this guy again. Flew down and, uh, you know, I, I still was dirty. I still was not doing the right thing quickly came to an overdose situation where I pretty much woke up. He was there. I was, I was in detox. And I remember I called my parents and my parents were like, Hey, you know, we're going to send you to this place and it's going to be, here's your choices. And three of, there was three choices. All three of them weren't even in this country. And I was like, yeah, okay, not happening. <laughs> right. And then this is like, it's so, it was so funny. And, and I, I thanked them for this. And they, the night before they started going to Al-Anon and Naranon. And that's mm-hmm. where they came up with this. And I was like, I made this next phone call, the next day in detox. All right, this is my game plan. I'm going to get a sponsor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they were like, yep, call us when, call us when you figure out which place you're going to. Click. At that moment, okay, my whole life switched because I knew the game was over. I knew I could not sway them, con them, uh, move these, these decisions into my favor to help better my life or, or better the position that I kind of wanted to. I wasn't yeah, if you're, if you're an addict and your family member says Naranon or Elanon, you're pretty much fucked, dude. It, I swear in my life, I swear by it. Because <laughs> what, happened, what happened was it actually forced me into a position to make the decision. And I came to that fork in the road, okay, oh. where it was either you do this or you're just going to keep living. And I was, I was done. I did not want to live that lifestyle. Nobody wants to wake up and say, oh, I'm a heroin addict. You know, listen, it happens, okay? But that does not make, that does not create who I am. And my identity and my belief system, that can be changed. That can be changed overnight, okay? And I had to, it took, it took years. I mean, it was, I think it was 16 months before I talked to my family again, okay? Because I was so mad at them. I was so mad that they put me in a position <laughs> so I had only three, I had three places to choose, and they were islands. Okay, they weren't even like they weren't even like there was no TV. It was grow your own food. <laughs> I mean, it was real deal. And I was so mad at them that they did this. But you know what? I look back on it. I'm like, thank God they gave me that decision because it would never. It would have forced. It would have forced me to make the decision that maybe become an adult and a grown up. And in return, Amen. I stayed. 
close to this particular guy named Mike, and he works in the field, and he does miraculous things out here. And I, I learned the way, and it, it began to teach me on how to help other people. At first, I, listen, this is, this is years later, obviously, because I really had to focus in on myself, you know, but I'm trying to speed, speed through this to give the light. And, you know, it, what my parents did that day by hanging the phone up on me was the best thing that ever happened to me, okay? And, and also, Mike being there, because you need that support system, and he was the support system that I needed. And it's, uh, yeah. it's created me a beautiful life and, and introduced me to so many people, and I try and help as many people as I possibly can. And, you know, we, we just got to keep going and helping as many people as we can. And, you know, now I have a great relationship with my family. I have a great relationship with my brothers and sisters. You know, I'm able to buy them Christmas gifts now, you know, and, and go up there and say, hey, you know what, I feel like flying home to see my family or fly them out here, you know. Ten years ago, I didn't have that. I, listen, there, was, there, was penny, it, there wasn't even pennies in the, in, the, in the change jar, okay, let alone the <laughs> silver. Now I, now I got quarters. I'm, I'm rolling them up. You, you got know, some dollars, car. huh? <laughs> I swear to God, and, you know, I come home and, you know, I got a dog now, and it's like, you know, I got another. You got a house. Like, you got a fiancé. Exactly, exactly. And it's like I come home, I got... Yes to the program, man. It really is. And it's just, uh, I'm just so blessed to meet all the wonderful people I did and and just uh, talk as many as I can and give some inspiration and hope that, you know what, this... It can change around, and it's a scary thing. It really is. We're so so blessed to be able to call you our friend and to know you, man. Um, Mike, before we uh, get off here today, can you uh, want to give them your your number and contact info one more time? Sure, you can you can reach me at um, my email address is Michael S at armswithinreach.com. Okay, and you can reach me on my phone number at eight six six four five six four three five seven. It's eight six six four five six help. Okay. Thank you so much for being our guest. And we love thing. you, can you so say much. Fuck heroin. Oh, fuck heroin. <laughs> right on, right on. And we're, we're Fuck Heroin Foundation. I'm Frankie. This is Mama Dukes. Join us next week. You can find us on Fuck Heroin Foundation on Facebook. And we love you all. Have a great week. Give us a call, 419-971-KICK. And if no one said they love you, we love, we love you. you. Fuck heroin. Thank you for being part of the show today. Be sure to listen next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Shattering the Stigma on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You're not in this fight alone. We're here to help.